0: Mockhopes, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 94, for the week of October 20th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, October 20th, the moon will be full, reaching full phase on October 20th at 1456 Universal Time. By next Tuesday, October 26, the moon will be three-quarters full, that is about 75% full, in our morning sky. It will be rising about three hours after the end of astronomical twilight. The bright moon in our morning sky will make it difficult to watch the Orionids meteor shower, which peaks early this week. Next year, the moon will be better placed for this meteor shower. Another small asteroid, or big meteor, has been seen to crash into Jupiter. Amateur astronomers can observe such events visually, and those imaging with a video camera can also catch the flash as the asteroid enters Jupiter's atmosphere. This is the second in the past two months, more than a dozen Jupiter meteors have been observed over the past couple of decades. The flash lasts only about a second or two, and it can be seen with a medium-sized telescope. It's just a matter of looking at the right place at the right time. On October 3rd in British Columbia, Canada, a meteor crashed through the roof of a house and into a woman's bedroom. The first two weeks of October seems to be the time for meteors to hit populated areas because it has happened twice before. This week, a bright moon rises sometime after the sky begins to darken. This is a good week to observe and or photograph moonrise over the distant horizon. On Saturday, October 23rd, The planet Venus passes near the globular cluster M19. This will be in the evening southern sky. You will need a telescope to fully appreciate it. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? Which, for our purposes, begins Wednesday, October 20th through Tuesday, October 26th. It depends upon where you are located. North of 63 degrees north, you will not be able to see it at all. Between 10 and 63 degrees north latitude, the International Space Station will be in your morning sky for at least part of the week. The sweet spot is from about 30 to 45 degrees north from where you will be able to see it for the whole week. North of that, it's in your morning sky for the second half of the week. South of that, it is in your morning sky for the first half of the week. From 34 degrees south to 10 degrees north, you will not be able to see the International Space Station at all. And finally, from 55 degrees south to 34 degrees south, this includes New Zealand, the ISS will be in your evening sky for at least part of the week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Several comets are in our sky, but so is the moon. We will return to observing comets next week. For the final part of this podcast, I want to read to you a lecture I wrote about the Messe Marathon, and the last part also touches upon something known as the massive marathon. Now, what's different about this lecture? It is all in poem form. The lines rhyme. The breakdown of this is each verse consists of four lines. Line one rhymes with line two and line three three rhymes with line four. I gave this talk, or various versions of it, at least three times, once in 1982, then in 1985, and again in 1996. The one in 1982 was given at an AANC conference, Astronomical Association of Northern California, at Ames Research Center in the San Francisco Bay Area that is referenced in the talk. The advantage of using this format is I I don't get bogged down. This poetic talk lasts only about 15 minutes. That's much less than the 40 minutes it normally took for my talk about the Messe Marathon. Now the disadvantage of this type of talk is If I'm not careful, it can take on a sing-song cadence and become monotonous. Additionally, some people don't want 15 minutes of rhyming lines. I hope you'll stick with me to the end. This is meant to be educational, and we can learn a lot about Charles Messier, his catalog, and the Messier Marathon from this tone. Note, too, that This was meant to be done with color slides in the background. One of the first is a slide of rabbits. It also has an image of a Sears catalog. Odd but true. Here in this podcast, we have no visuals. Rap music came out after I had written this talk. I'm sure it could be presented in rap format, but not by me. Not this time anyway. So, here it goes. The Messier and Massive Marathon. This wasn't written by Dr. Zeus, Ice-T, nor Muhammad Ali, nor by Charles Osgood. No, this was written by me. So, what if the lines don't rhyme or the rhythm is sloppy? I read this to our rabbits and it made them quite hoppy. So please bear with me. This will take a few minutes, and there will be time for questions when this is finished. I want to thank you for letting me talk here at Ames to the AANC, W-A-A, NASA, and to those of you with full names. Charles Messier lived some 200 years ago in France where he searched for comets whenever he got the chance. As for comets, he discovered over a dozen, but that is not the reason we love him. For he published a catalog over some 25 years. It's not like your catalog from Pennies or Sears, but a list of space objects, the best he could muster over a hundred galaxies, nebula, and stars that cluster. These objects are known to many an astronomer, such as M42 to the naked eye, it's a blur. And let's not forget the Pleiades, the Seven Sisters, or M45, if you please. Messier's original catalog listed 103, But there's several more objects it appears he did see. The list now adds up to a hundred and ten. It's disputable. Here's where men fight with a pen. Some of Messier's objects were for a long time misplaced. He misplotted a few. He must have been red in the face. But over the years, we seem to have found them. We can assign each number an object, so his errors will not hound him. Now take M24. It is such a creature. In In fact, you could call it a double feature. Some maps say it is open cluster 6603, yet Charles Messier would be the first to disagree. For in between M23 and M25 is a large star cloud, Chuck would say if he were still alive. So look in the direction of this small star cluster where you will see a star cloud one degree square. M40 is a double star in the Big Dipper. Some folks would tell you 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 might as well skip her. They are magnitude 9 and 40 seconds apart. Not far from the middle star in the Dipper, that's a good place to start. Nearby is a faint galaxy Messier never saw, but he thought there was nebulosity around this double star. Now we know there isn't, our telescopes are better, but you should still observe at M40. Please don't forget her. M47 was an open cluster misplotted by Messier in 1771. His coordinate measurements were off, but his error since has been undone. M47 is open cluster 2422, right next to M46, which makes it easy for you. M48 was additionally misplotted. Five degrees off was Messier when this cluster he spotted. We now realize this, so the scientists calculate that M48 is open cluster 2548. M73 is a small four-star group. You could pick up M72 in the same swoop. There is no nebulosity, just four stars of magnitude 10. It's something like M40 doubled all over again. M91 was for a long time lost. But the problem has been solved. It seems Messier got his galaxies crossed. He apparently thought he was measuring the offset from M58. But instead he was using M89, the perfect matches galaxy ngc 4548 m102 will always be a thorn in the flesh was it a reobservation of m101 well it's anyone's guess it might have been misplotted off by 1 hour of right ascension if messier did allow such an error it wasn't his intention But near the position given for M102 sits a magnitude 10 galaxy easily within view. It's 5866, and therefore we may say that this is M102 in in our sky survey. M104 through M109 were all known by Messier in his time, and M110 A galaxy Messier also observed its NGC 205 near M31 plotted on his map that's been preserved. So here's the objects which Messier saw, fully 110 galaxies, nebulae, and clustered stars. They are in books and maps, and most are quite well seen. Many of you have seen a few... You observe them routine. The 110 Messe objects are all over the celestial sphere, and the sun follows the ecliptical path each year. So there's hardly a time when all objects are seen clear. The sun gets in the way. It just seems to interfere. But in spring of each year, as the sun moves north, From early March until April comes forth, the fewest Messier objects are blocked by the sun. So all around the world, astronomers run the Messier Marathon. Before early March, you you find yourself in a bind. Because Messier objects 72, 73, 55, and 30, you'll be unable to find. Before early March, they rise after dawn has begun. So you'll have to wait until they are further from the sun. In late March, you'll be losing objects in the evening sky, such as M74, 77, and M33. They just refuse to comply. Messier marathoning is best in mid-March through early April. But there's a few other factors which may make you incapable. It's best to avoid the time when the moon is bright. This leaves only one week a month when the moon is right. A weekend is best as you'll be awake all night, unless you want to fall asleep at work or at school in broad daylight. But I have found it possible to marathon when the moon is bright but waning, by finding most Messe objects before moonrise with only a few remaining. And I marathon on weeknights, spending a couple hours after dark, getting four hours of sleep, then resuming at 2 a.m. to reach the mark. So many things in this world depend upon attitude, but for the Messe Marathon, the key word is latitude. The number of objects you will be able to see depends not just upon who you are, but where you be. Those in Arizona can pick up 110 in one night. During the last part of March, if the weather is right, a northern marathoner in Frostbite, Minnesota would see fewer as would those in Michigan and North Dakota. Of course, you can set up anywhere you want to, at Death Valley, Mount Shasta, or even Timbuktu. Just be sure your horizons are clear. Otherwise, some objects will seem to disappear. Marathon from a dark sky with no light pollution and with low horizons, except no substitution. Use the telescope with which you are most familiar and be sure you don't set up on an ant hiller. A search sequence is rather essential, so you don't miss any objects, intentional or accidental. It's helpful to practice and learn the sky. Don't wait until March. Why you could start in July. Allow plenty of time to set up your telescope. Uh, arriving before sunset is probably your best hope. Bring food, flashlights, batteries, and warm clothes, a marathon is no fun with frostbitten toes. If you want to learn more, I've written a book, The Messier Marathon Guide, let's take a short look. It covers Messier, his catalog, the marathon with an atlas of 40 pages. It contains histories, hints, and suggested marathon dates for the ages. What if the marathon becomes old hat? After a few years you say, I've had enough of that. I've found an extended project to do. Let me take a few minutes to explain it to you. Charles Messier missed a few of the fine ones, bright galaxies, nebula, and clusters of suns. Supposing you list them, you've had you'll have quite a few. A whole mega list of objects. That's what you would accrue. I did this, and it totaled 548. Add the 110 Messe objects, and the numbers accumulate. Then each year, a few objects I'll add or subtract. No two observers would make lists that are exact. Then pick two nights, five to seven months apart, and observe all you can the first night, you'll you'll be off to a good start. Pick up the remaining objects at a later date, and you have a massive marathon if you wish to participate. In 1981, on April the 3rd, I observed 599 objects. It wasn't so absurd because later in December, I had only a few left to do, So it took me only an hour or two. So mark your calendars for mid-March of next year for the Messe Marathon, assuming the sky is clear. If you don't do the marathon, don't feel like the Lone Ranger. There's plenty to do for the marathon stranger. A lot of people go up there to observe the stars and, and some the planets, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. Most will be visible, give each a view. That's one of the more interesting things to do. There's always a few meteors burning through the air, and artificial satellites, hopefully, they'll stay up there. There's usually a comet visible somewhere there in space. We don't know right now, though, which ones will be in place. Or you may bring your camera to record Star Trail's planets or Orion's sword. You can set up in a large group or maybe just with your friend. You can go home before midnight or stay until the end. No matter what the telescope, bring it along, or perhaps some binoculars, you just can't go wrong. Bring along your friends and family too, and a midnight snack, something to chew. So here is the Messe Marathon. You can leave it or take it. If you attempt it some night, don't try to fake it. Give it a try next spring. It will be worth putting time in. This is the end of my talk because I'm tired of rhyming. The end. So there you have it, my rhyming Messe Marathon talk. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn are all in our evening sky. Get out and see them. Also, Photograph the moonrise. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 94 for October 20th, 2021. I'm Don Malkholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmalkholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. You can contact me at DonTheAstronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is DonTheAstronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky and look at some comets. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.